Hello, friends. Welcome to Living Well While Living Online. I am Tammy Riley, your host, and this podcast is a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studios. We are getting ready to listen to our season finale episode. We have had a wonderful run. Uh, I thank you for tuning in, and it might seem a little like I'm on repeat as it's myself and my incredible daughter, Savannah. I'm really looking forward to sharing her with you. I feel like she's such a a wise individual for her age. And although I can take credit for, for some of it, God, she's just so amazing. And that's just her. I'm really looking forward to you hearing our conversation around this topic. And I thank you once again for tuning in to this podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome to our season finale episode of Living Well While Living Online. I'm your host, Tammy Riley, and this week I am really looking forward to this conversation. It is someone I can say that I have known for her entire life. It is my daughter, Savannah Riley, that we will be uh, connecting and chatting with today. So, Savannah, welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me. Yeah. You mean that in the literal sense, right? (laughs) (laughs) Every way possible. It's been my pleasure. So yeah, so you know how I know Savannah and how we're connected. And we are very similar beings and we have a really special and unique relationship, which is great. And as everything started to shift in the world a few months back, um, Savannah doesn't live in Connecticut. She doesn't live with me. She lives in Boston, but she happened to come in and everything shut down around us. And she ended up staying at home for how long was it? Three, four months? Three months. Unforgettable. And it was, (laughs) (laughs) we'll see if she's serious or not, but it was honestly my saving grace to have her here. Um, because, you know, my husband, her dad, he he was working a lot. You know, he, he's in the restaurant business and it was crazy trying to figure out what to do and to process. So he was working a lot. So I was by myself and it was just so great to have her here like old times to be roommates again and to have <laughs> my girl back. So thank you for staying with me. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So just a brief bio for anyone who uh, doesn't know you, just a little, you know, whatever you want to share about what you do, your life. Oh, wow. Okay. That's kind of a loaded question, but (laughs) I guess just some context the past year. I mean, I did go to Quinnipiac, graduated in 2016, and then took a fifth year to play field hockey. And then I worked for Deloitte doing like IT consulting for three years. And recently, actually during COVID, just changed jobs. Now I do like medical device sales. So in the Boston, Rhode Island area. So definitely a risky time to make a move, but it just felt like the right decision and it's what I wanted. So I went for it. And that's pretty much your motto in life, I would say, right? (laughs) Yep. Worst case scenario, I just end up back on my parents' couch, you know? You know, on my end, it's not a worst case. So it's it's all good. Um, Okay. So I think that I'd like to start with just prior to everything changing and shifting, what was your day-to-day life like in in Boston, you know, with your job? What, you know, putting into context what IT risk is like, what is, were you going into an office? Mm -hmm. 
did you, you know, work a lot with people? Were you, you know, what, what, what exactly were you doing at that point? Yeah. So it's a very interesting scenario because I would have clients. So essentially my biggest client was all over the country. And so I would fly there, you know, once a month and to different sites that they have. And other than that, I mean, I would go to the office every day just because I liked being in the office and, you know, needed a clean space where I could be productive. And it was nice to like have friends there. But I didn't have to go in every day. What we could do is all remote and I was ready to be remote, you know. So it was an interesting combination. I actually really liked it. You know, I could switch it up or if I really didn't feel well one day, I could just do my work and stay home. So I was a little bit ahead of the curve with all the changes that happened in 2020. Yeah, I know. You kept you kept telling me that <laughs> as I was trying to figure things out. I know. You're trying to figure things out that I've been doing for years. You're like, why do we have to do this? I'm like, you guys were just really behind the times and now you're trying to catch up so quickly. Well, you know, some of us are older. Some of us are a little slower when it comes to these things. And um, and some of us, you know, we're digging our heels in a little bit with, uh, you know, you know what I do. And you've been with my people in my group. So, you know, I'm very touchy, feely, sweaty hug, hands on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it was weird for me to do everything from the kitchen table. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, you guys had to implement so many things so quickly where on my end, these things were all already implemented. Like we all could work from home. And so we didn't have to do that catch up phase. It was really mm. seamless where you had to learn all of these new things in order to effectively do your job. So in, in uh, I'll say before times, what would you consider self-care for yourself? Like what, what were your, your must do's, your things that were a treat for you, like the way that you took care of yourself? For Just me, if you, you know, yeah. do anything you want. I think it changes, but definitely like working out was my one non-negotiable. Like I know some people I worked with would get so busy and they would cut out working out from their lives. And I'm like, that's the one non-negotiable. That's the one thing that I have where I can be competitive with myself and improve. And it's, I love exercising. It just makes me feel really great. So that was my one constant self-care. And then I think other than that, you know, checking in on myself and sometimes it's okay. I just want to go for a long, slow run today. Like for me, that is self-care if that's what I'm in the mood for, or if it's just like going out with my girls and having a really fun night and just letting loose. So it kind of changes <laughs> from time to time, but just seeing how I feel letting myself enjoy whatever it is I think that I need and mm. allowing myself to actually get that craving. Yeah. I, I, I like and appreciate that. Cause I think you do do a good job of assessing, like stepping back and saying, no, but, but what, what is it that I really need? And not everybody takes the time to be that thoughtful, but I think that that is really how you've always lived your life. Like, nope that's what I need. And he, and that even means like, <laughs> like, no, I can't go out with that guy because he wants to have dinner at 9 p.m. and I have to go to bed at 8.30. <laughs> I just can't ruin my sleep schedule for just anybody. <laughs> I think you always do such a good job of knowing, I'm going to say how to self-soothe. Like, you know what it is that 
will help you in a situation, whether it was as an athlete in game day, like you knew what you needed, whether it was, I I can't say grieving because I don't really ever (laughs) remember you grieving or being sad, but I think you just know in general, (laughs) like what, what it is that you need and, and it's okay. Like, and you do, like you said, allowing yourself. And I, and I love that that's a part of who you are, right. That you do allow yourself to enjoy just as much as you're strict with yourself because you are too in, in many ways. And I mean, strict and like, you know, on your routine and. Yeah. I think it's just knowing what you want as your end goal. And if you know what you want, you know how to get there. And so when I assess things, it's like, okay, is this going to get me in line to where I want to be? And which is great most of the time, but then there is that little bit that even though it might not help you in the future and it's something you just want to do, then you go and do it because you need to have that balance. But I think a majority Mm. of what I try and do is align myself with like who I want to be and where I want to be in the future. Mm. That's, that's a, a good vision to have, I guess a good practice to put into play of visualizing and seeing I don't know. Is it hard? Like, do you always know what, what you want? Like, I, I feel like I don't have that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, do I look and say, that's what I want? I don't know. It makes me question how I process it. I guess I'm also so young in my career. Like I was doing something I knew I didn't want to be doing. So first step was getting to what, like what I wanted and figuring out what I wanted in a career. And then I got that job and now it's right now, like I'm new. (laughs) So I want to be really good at it. So it's figuring out what will help me be good at it, you know, and Mm -hmm. what, like, I haven't been drinking really, just because I realize it's not going to align me with where I want to be to be hungover on a Sunday and not feel good when I could do like two hours of work and get myself ahead for the week. And, you know, prep meals, like just trying to find little things that can get me on top right now when I'm trying to build. Mm, Right. Getting on top. Yeah. And, and I also think, and so, you know, this conversation is so much different than I think talking with somebody else because I, we talk constantly and I do know you so well. So somebody else, I might ask more of a question, but for you, Mm -hmm. I know like these are the things that, that you do to set yourself up for success, right? Like I don't, I, I, you don't see them as, you know, a, a chore. Like when, it, when we chat on Sunday, you're not like, oh, I'm meal prepping again. And I'm this, you're like, oh my God, I'm meal prepping. And I'm like, you know, it's, it's how you, it's how you set yourself up. So I, I love that. Um, I guess your whole outlook on, on all of that. And you see it more as productivity and making you successful during the week. And yeah, it's, it's not the dread. Cause there's nothing better than just feeling like you crush the week. So if I can set myself up, like all my meals are taken care of, one less thing to worry about and like, you know, have a really good week, try and get ahead of it. (laughs) (laughs) So now, obviously you were, you were with me for three months and, you know, we hung together and and started this process and then you went back and now Mm -hmm. a lot of your life changed in that you switched apartments and you got a new job, but I guess has the idea of self-care or self-care changed now through, through all of this? Are there different things that you're seeing that you need that are showing up? Are there different ways that you take care of yourself? 
Yeah, I think just in general, what I've been trying to do now is I've learned meditation is really great and practicing gratitude. It definitely helps. And I know that. And I feel like I've only used those tools when I need them, right? Like, oh, you know, if I'm going through something, I make sure that I implement it to my regimen. But then once I'm fine and I feel like I'm not going through a tough, like rough patch anymore, I completely stop. So I think for me now, it's trying to implement those things a little bit more daily. So that way I am ahead of it. And it's not, it's more of a proactive thing than a reactive thing. Yeah. Yeah. Are you noticing a difference? Yeah. I think just in, especially now I have all this time in the car, so I can Mm -hmm. use that, you know, just say out loud, like the things you're grateful for. It's just finding ways to put it into my daily schedule without having to carve out more time. Cause I feel like my routine is pretty jam packed as it is. So finding like easy ways to implement it. Yeah, I think that's a huge point for most people. You know, what's the barrier? Oh, to working out. Oh, I don't have time to meditate. Oh, I don't have time. You know, whatever it is, we know these things are good for us, but we it is hard to find the time for them. So for you, like this commute, the idea of being in a car is a whole new use of your time. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love when I have somewhere far and I have an hour to just do whatever I want. I mean, obviously everything with the elections, I've been listening to so many podcasts and things like that, but too, like calling you, like that's something that I know helps me and like uplifts me talking to you or people I love. And even just saying out loud, like things I'm grateful for while I'm driving, it's, it's my me time. And I normally don't give myself me time because (laughs) you're always go, 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 but I can't go anywhere. I'm forced to sit there. So it's cool to like, just utilize the time however I want. Yeah. Which it's funny because going into this, you knew that this was the field you wanted. You were seeking this out, but this part of it was never something we talked about, right? Like driving or being in the car more, like it wasn't even a thought of anything we discussed. So it's kind of, I'm guessing almost like a gift for you at this point. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) I also haven't, there hasn't been a lot of traffic, so. Yeah, and you and you're spending time and you bought your first car and she's beautiful. Oh, <laughs> and so <laughs> she gets to hear all the things that you're grateful for. So I love that you're sharing that with Pearl. Your yeah, Pearl. Me and Pearl spend a lot um, of time together. Um so has it been do you think it's more difficult to start this job during COVID and to not well, I guess I don't even know really if you have a physical mm-hmm office to go into, but so is it weird to be starting this new job and not be in a physical office with your people? So it's kind of interesting because in that perspective, it's not difficult for me. I don't have an office, you know, we have a team, so I have two people directly above me and then there's really one person above them. And like, we're a pretty core team. There's a couple others that I don't really work with, but they're part of our team. So I actually have been able to meet with everyone a little bit and do a couple field rides, but I mean, that wouldn't have changed really with COVID. It would probably would have been the exact same way I was onboarded, but where it has really changed is I'm going in and out of doctor's offices and hospitals and, you know, the policy is so different for everyone. So I just spend a lot of time in my car writing handwritten notes and, you know, just in case you can't get in, you want to just pass along the note or 
seeing if places will do lunches. A lot of places don't. So that's really where everything has changed. And it's actually kind of cool too, because a lot of places I walk in, there's a lot of turnaround at each office. So I'm starting fresh and they're starting fresh. So it's nice to have these fresh relationships rather than, you know, coming into a territory where people have built these relationships and you're trying to break into it. It's all fresh. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of giving me a leg up, I think. Yeah, it is so interesting with the the medical device sales and and of all the places that you actually have to go in. Like sales, there could be a million things, but you're trying to get into a doctor's office yeah. when everyone is like, sit in the car and wait until mm-hmm. we call you. So yeah. um, do people look at you strange when you do come in the office? Like are people – like do you feel uncomfortable? Like how does that feel? Um, well, I think – I try and be really respectful. So I don't feel weird. I mean, in the beginning, obviously, it's a little nerve wracking, but I do sit in my car and I write notes. And if that's something they're not comfortable with, like a lot of places aren't having reps in, but I'm pretty good at getting in anyways. Um, But (laughs) I'm just dropping something off. But no, yeah, I just try and be respectful. So I do have my handwritten note and you know, if that's all I can do, that's all I can do. But making sure that they know I am being respectful, obviously, I always have my mask on. And if a patient is in front of like, behind me in line, I let them go in front of me because they're more important, things like that, just finding ways to show my respect. So when I do get a chance to talk to somebody, they know I'm being sensitive about COVID. Mm. Yeah. So interesting, right? Just the of all the of all the times of of beginning a career, you know, in this field, it's just you know so many more uh, like barriers and obstacles than than the normal the normal salesperson would have to go through. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think there's a lot of benefits to it as well. You know, getting time to learn everything and piece by piece rather than everything at once, but mm-hmm. like you know, having lunches every day. I, I haven't really had much of that piece yet. So I can really hone in my skills on everything else. I just hope it doesn't go on for much longer. <laughs> like it's great for it. now, but after six months, I think I'll be ready for something else. Yeah. Cause it's hard to, yeah. you know, it, it's hard enough in the sales position and trying, like you're saying, to break into a, a doctor's office and be like, Hey, use my product. It's the best. And you know, right now there's just so many other things that offices are worrying about and thinking about. And so it just makes your new job that much more difficult. Yeah, I know. And it would seem really silly if, you know, it was just an equal product, but at least like, I do feel like patients are really benefiting from our device compared to the competitors. So Mm -hmm. in that aspect, I do think it's important to still bring it to their attention. And it's not like, oh, you know, these two are the exact same. Ours is just generic, so it's cheaper. Like it, it is still adding value to the patient. So, I think that helps. Yeah, for sure. I mean, belief in in your product and what you're doing, and that you are doing the right thing. Absolutely, yeah. I think you you have to do that, or else you couldn't show up and and keep doing that. Yeah, so interesting. Um, so when we look at the idea of like energy. Like when you were here during those months and you before, you know, before your job switched and we were, you and I were like on the computer nonstop all day. Like what was, how were you, 
how is that manifesting for you and your and your energy, like meaning, you know, your energy level to do things, but also like that, just, you know, I'll say like that, that kind of energy in the sense of the connection with the computer and not, you know, it was just me and dad in the house. So energy of people and how, how are you managing, I guess, energy? Um, now or back during when I was back. in lockdown? Yeah. Back when you were with me. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you know, recall me saying to you probably twice or a couple of times, you can't have a bad day today because today is my bad day. <laughs> Oh yeah, that did happen. You have to kind of take turns. I felt like it was such a roller coaster for me. My energy, I know, is like being outside, even just going for a walk helped me so much. But when it would rain two days in a row and I couldn't get outside, I would notice I would have really like a bad day. Um, Mm. Because going for walks is like all we really had. I mean, I was also really wasn't happy with my job for a lot of different reasons. So that was already a challenge for me. And I was, you know, it was a challenging time. (laughs) I found my dream job and pretty much got it. And then COVID happened and I couldn't have it anymore. So, I mean, everything worked out and I knew it would work out, but it's just getting yourself through those periods of time. And I'm such an action person, you know, I'm not happy with this. Okay. This is what I want. I'll go get it and work towards it. And it was so weird being in this place where I physically couldn't do anything to change my life. Like I wasn't happy with where I was and I couldn't do anything to get where I wanted to be. So it was finding those little day-to-day things to keep my energy up, like just going for a walk. Yeah, you did go out a lot. (laughs) A lot. You were were a walking girl. And on the days that you couldn't go out, (laughs) as we we like to joke about now (laughs) – you wore a hole around the dining room table, getting busy, and yeah, Dad would be like, "Can you make her stop this?" <laughs> I, had, I had a um, watch that my friend gave me that counts your steps, like for miles. So I was also training for a marathon that obviously didn't happen. So I like got this watch, and I was so excited to track my steps and my miles, like something I could, you know keep track of uh, during all of this. So I would walk 10,000 steps around the dining room table. (laughs) (laughs) And that was in addition to your workout because we would work out. So Savannah and I are really similar, I think, in the things that fill us up and in our self-care. We did really similar things, which was why it was so great to have her here. We we both get up early. Mm -hmm. We like to work out first thing. So that instantly became our routine where we were up, we did our workout, you know, then we were at the kitchen table doing our work for, you know, nine o'clock and, um, we ate well, you know, we did our annual grocery shop trip to Trader Joe's <laughs> on Saturday mornings. We, we definitely had our routine, yeah. which helped us. Even yesterday I texted her, I was standing, I was at Trader Joe's and I was standing by the mar- mandarin orange chicken that they, they had put, um, all these little signs on the sidewalk yeah. outside of Trader Joe's. And I, and, and if I stand in line now, I just think of her at the, <laughs> the little spots where we are. <clears throat> but, you, um, you were close when you were at Mandarin Orange. You're like, <laughs> get into the Trader Joe's. <laughs> but yeah, but then watch, you know, the steps. Cause you would be at your computer doing your work and, you know, as you rounded the table or on a call and you were just walking in these circles. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I think we all deal with it in, in whatever way we have to, like you are very goal and action. And so for you, you're like, okay, 10,000 steps after I yeah, do my workout thing measurable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it is like, we need something to control. And they're mm-hmm. like, you were saying there isn't 
there wasn't a whole lot else that we could control. So we controlled our time. We also are both like, we hit it hard. We are up early. We go at it and then we're done. We're both in bed early. Um, (laughs) And you were, you were not as much fun as I wanted you to be. (laughs) Not going to lie because usually you are so fun and like, because you don't live at home when you come home, like we just make the time even more fun. So at first it started like, it's a party, Savannah's home. Yeah. And And then we were having happy hour every day and I was just gaining weight rapidly. It was the cheese. (laughs) We had to put a kibosh on that. I mean, at first it was fun, right? You're like, oh, two week lockdown, let's make the best of it. And then when like month one and a half rolled around, you know, you had to yeah. think of it differently. And I think that's kind of what was going on in so many phases too. We had no idea, obviously. We're all, <laughs> everyone in the world. We're like, okay, two weeks. So you prep for two weeks and we just kept telling ourselves two more weeks, two more weeks to get through it. And then it once, that was hard. Once we actually realized that we're in this for the long haul, like that's when things I think almost got better in a way where we found better routines and healthier habits because it wasn't like a vacation in a way, you know, it's this long term and we found our routine once we knew, but it was so hard. Like I remember in the beginning I was like, Oh, I'll just do body weight for a little bit. And like, I love weights, but I, you know, you think it's just going to be a little bit, you just try and get by. And then once we realized we were in this for months, I mean, I was like, okay, I'm getting a garage gym. Like this is what we need. So that was an interesting process as well. Yeah, I think you're right. It was the um, the the first two weeks definitely were our were our. I'm not going to say party. Like we definitely felt horrible about everything, so it wasn't. No, but we just said internally to ourselves, okay, well, we're going to have two weeks together. Like this will be great. We don't get that. Yeah. So it was it was that idea of, you know, I guess a little bit of fun to to be hunkered down together and share that, and then yeah, it definitely started to get old. <laughs> But, but like, so I guess for me as, as your mom and knowing how you are and how you operate, like that was, it was hard to see the days and the nights where you're like, can I just go to bed yet? It would be like seven o'clock and you'd be like, I just need to go to bed and wake up. And I'd be like, no, you can't go to bed yet. Like, don't go to bed yet. You know, that, that needing to kind of just make it go away. And, and that's not normally you and who you are. So it was hard. Well, because mornings is all we had. Like I, I mean, I normally love mornings anyways. I love waking up. I love working out. I love like having my coffee. I know you're the same way. And like my Mm -hmm. breakfast, that's the best, you know, from 5 a.m. to 9. (laughs) That's like my favorite time of the day. So I would just want to go to bed so I can have my time. Because I mean, you shut down your computer and you're like, okay, that's it. (laughs) So now what? Yeah, we're not, we don't watch TV really. So that's the other thing. Yeah. Was- yeah, we're not oh, we're not big TVers, but we did join the bandwagon and do Shit's Creek, oh. which brought us endless joy. We loved Shit's Creek. It it I'm going to say it saved our life. It was the one thing that we were like, okay, just two episodes or okay, you know, we'll watch it at this time. What time can you log off? What time can yeah. you log off? Like it was it was our treat to uh to be able to indulge in that together and normally that's not something we ever do you and I yeah. because I mean, that's yeah. the only TV show we've watched the entire time. I mean, that was pretty quick for 3 months. That's the only thing we watched. Yeah, it was. 
And then, then we were done with TV. There was nothing that was going to compare with that. So <laughs> we were over it. We put the bar way too high. Yeah, it was awesome. It just gave us endless things throughout the day. Yeah. Um, but I, I think too, when I look back and just thinking about the routine, um, you def and I always like, you know, cause you know how we live and, and you're part of this, like we eat well as a whole, yeah. you know, I'm not saying I don't have snacks in the snack cabinet, but we eat good meals. You know, we're foodies. Food is important to us and making time. But, but since you and Ellis have moved out, my son, um, you know, dad and I get, we're lazier about food. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like if you weren't home for me, I would have fallen into a, not eating too much, but just like, I don't care. Like, especially on the nights he doesn't come home and I'm like, ugh, I'll just make pastina. I'll just have, potato. <laughs> yeah, I'll just have this baked potato. Yeah. I'll, so having you home really, I think helped me on that routine to be like, okay, we're going to, this is what we're going to do. We like you and I took turns making lunches and we made beautiful salads for each other every day. And oh, that was such a treat because normally my lunch is like, whatever. Um, and then for those of you who who don't really know Savannah, well, she can eat and, um, she was training a lot. She was running and she was working out and whatever. So she literally ate from the t second she got up until about four thirty, five o'clock, like nonstop, yeah. huge things like, you know, four sausages and then a salad and then a half a chicken and then this bar. And then it was like, oh. I also bored eat though. So that was my issue too. With quarantine, <laughs> not enjoying what I'm doing at work and not having other things to do. I'm like just constantly in, in the fridge. Yeah. And good things. Like it wasn't ever like she wasn't eating a bag of chips or a, you know, it was always healthy food, but she would. Yeah. So, uh, so we would have a plan on what dinner was because dinner would be what she would eat like the next morning after breakfast, it would be like her seconds is. So, um, <laughs> you know, we would eat dinner at dinner time. She would be done eating all of her meals by then. But, you know, we were, we calculated out more of what we were going to eat. You know, we tried to go to the store once during the week and then we were really thoughtful and intentional about what we made. And, um, so that was really helpful though, all of that, yeah. having you, you there for that piece and forcing me to, plan and think about it where I probably wouldn't have if it was just dad and I. Yeah. It's so different cooking for just yourself or cooking yeah. for someone else. Like I, even now when I meal prep, I mean, I'm kind of crazy where I enjoy eating the same thing every day. Like I'll go three months with the same breakfast, the same lunch, the same dinner. And then in three months, I'll eventually get sick of it and switch. But I do get so excited about it. <laughs> But for other people, I know I can't do that. Like if I was cooking for you, I knew I had to switch it up a little bit. I mean, you saw how repetitive I get. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it's easy. Like when you like something, it is. It's yeah. just easy to stick with what you like until you're sick of it. Mm -hmm. um, I can't do that at dinner. I can do that more with breakfast. But um, yeah. So, okay. So I guess, and just thinking of, you know, routines and self-care and all of this, is there something now that you think you either could have done better or even now something that you could still be better at? Oh God. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think it was interesting for me in the beginning, right? With working out. Cause I do love working out first thing in the morning, but there was a time where I would, I was like, well, I have all day. Like I have literally nothing to do. 
And so I'd kind of mosey around and be like, I'll do it during this time. And then that time comes. I mean, and you know, I eat so much that I'm so full if I don't work out first thing. And it is the the longer I would put it off for, the harder it would be to do. And it was just sad because that's something I enjoyed doing. It's not like I'm putting it off from a perspective of it's something I didn't want to do. Like I did want to do it, but it just felt like more of a chore later on. So it did take me a couple of weeks to find a new routine to work out, even though there was no need to, like, that was the weirdest part. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, I agree. Cause we could have, it could have been anything like for most people that, that were at home, your, your day, you could have fit things in any way you wanted as long as you were getting your work done. But, and I'm like you, if I don't do it first thing in the morning, I think about it all day long. It drives me nuts. I know I have to get it in. Like some mornings it's been like way too dark to go out and run. I'm so afraid of the bears in the neighborhood. So I'm like, oh, I can't run until, you know, with daylight savings, it's much better. And then I would wait. And so I'd say, oh, I'll run on my lunch hour. Oh, I'll run right when I'm done. Oh, it's like, it haunts you. And then you can't fit your meals around it. Troubles, troubles, troubles. Yeah. (laughs) It's true. Um, It like turns, it goes from being something you enjoy so much to something you it's just like hanging over your head. Right. Yeah, it's for sure for me too. Um, and on the days where, you know, the, the, the roller coaster was, was taking you for a ride, <laughs> like who, who, who are you reaching out to? Who was your support? Like who are, who are your go-tos? I mean, you obviously. Um, and then Rachel, my best friend from home. I mean, she was also another saving grace. We would just go for walks. I mean, that's all we had. We would go for like a two hour walk every day, but it was so nice to have that. And she's so positive. Like it's crazy. I've never heard anything negative come out of this girl's mouth. So it was probably really, really helpful for me in ways I didn't even realize to have someone, both of you who are are so optimistic to vent to. And it's instantly like you guys point out the best things in the scenario. And I think for me and Rachel too, something we realize is we are positive and it was hard during this time. And we feel weird not being positive because we don't think Mm. it's helping us, but the two of us learned like, it's okay. It's okay to acknowledge it and say the things and you're allowed to feel how you want to feel. And then we put the good twist on it. So it was, you know, allowing yourself to be negative, but not go down a spiral, just acknowledge how you're feeling and that it, you know, it does suck right now, but and you feel bad saying, oh, my life sucks because compared to so many other people, like it really doesn't. And you know that. So you felt so guilty complaining. So it was nice to have somebody to just complain to and then change the perspective on it and be able to flip it into all these things. Like I am grateful that these are my problems and that it's not a health of a family member and that, you know, look at the positive side after. Yeah. I, I love all of that, especially where you're saying it's okay. Right. It's allowed. Like, you know, at first you think, okay, I have to be positive. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'm not sick. My family's not sick. Like who am I? But you know, there were still all of these things that everyone was feeling, you know, every single person. So for you and Rachel to have those moments and that realization and be like, okay, get it out, say it. Okay. Now let's, yeah. let's try to move on from it, you know, which is healthy. Cause it's so hard to think it and never let it come out too. So yeah. I think intuitively you were, 
you know, doing it the healthiest way. Um, and yeah, we need to be able to give ourselves permission to not be positive every second of the day. It's, it's hard. Cause you, you don't yeah. want to fall into a rabbit hole, but I mean, the thing about 2020 is everybody has lost something and everybody's going through a grieving process whether it's, you know, a wedding or a loved one. And it and it's so hard to grieve that something like a wedding, right? It, getting pushed back when you can, it's something you should be able to grieve, but then you compare yourself to somebody who lost a loved one. And you're like, that's not even comparable, but <laughs> so you don't allow yourself to actually do the grieving process that you deserve. Yeah, that is so true. And it, and it is, you know, when you, in perspective, in perspective to your own life, yeah. you know, it's, it's how you have to think about it. And, you know, it's not like, oh, darn, I didn't get to get my nails done this week, you know, but if that is the one thing mm -hmm. that you do for yourself and it's a treat. And when you sit in that chair, you're like, oh, thank you. I needed this. Like then you, it's okay to grieve not getting your nails yeah. done. Right. So <laughs> I think it's hard when, like, just like you're saying, when other people have, have had losses of job, losses of people, mm -hmm. um, you know, illnesses, sickness, like, yes, it certainly doesn't compare, but, but we all were grieving different things in different ways at different times. And, uh, and you have to acknowledge that for yourself for sure. Yeah. Okay. So I guess just our, our last little piece is, um, I always love to ask my guests, are you, are you good at being your own best friend? Oh my God. I'm my best friend. <laughs> This question was made for you. <laughs> it was. No, I'm so good to myself. I definitely am. And I, I think it's because I just, I know what makes me happy. And I really do try and align with what makes me happy. And I think 2020 has actually changed that. I mean, I used to be, there was three parties in one night. I wanted to go to all three and now I don't want to do as much, you know, but regardless, it is. Like I, I'm in tune with what it is I want and what makes me happy. And that's, I like allow it and I set myself up for whatever that is. Mm, yeah. And, you know, as your mom, I can say, I really believe that you've always lived this. Um, and, and even, you know, I'll, I'll joke, you know, there, you know, when you don't have a boyfriend and, you know, Savannah hasn't brought a lot of guys home, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, but she'd be like, what do I care? Because, you know, no one's going to love me as much as I love myself. <laughs> that was always your, your line. And, yeah. and, and it wasn't from a place of, of cocky, you know, it's like, no, it's like I, I don't need. Yeah. Yeah. I you didn't need I it. Want. Like if I want something, I get it for myself. I don't need somebody else to do that for me. That's the place. Like, that it's coming from. Like if I want this really nice meal, I take myself to the really nice meal. I don't need somebody to do that for me. Um, yeah. yeah. But, and it's such a refreshing change because working on a college campus, I know that everyone puts, or, or most of our young people put such a, a value in, in being with someone all the time, whether it's a friend or, or a, you know, a significant other, whatever it is, it's the most important thing. And it's, it's important, right? We know that like sharing your life with, you know, friends and a, and a loved one is really important, but it, it starts with you, you know? So if you can't be comfortable and, and give yourself everything that you need, it does make it hard for, the other people to fill in all of that for you. So I think you've found a healthy approach. I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because I feel like I never said that, right? So I look at ways that you are and I think, did I say something that makes her like that? Like, how is she like that? I definitely didn't talk about that. But um, but you've always, that's just always been who you are, which is yeah. really amazing at, you know, 26 years young to have that perspective, you know, because every other every other person that I've chatted with you know, it's a work in progress. You know, you know, I'm an old lady. It's a work in progress to be your own best friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if you said anything, but you and dad have always supported me like being me, you know, it yeah. was never like trying to change me or you should do this. You really just let me run my course and supported me doing whatever I wanted. So I don't know, maybe that's why. Yeah, I don't know. I think part of it's how you were born, who you are. Like it's it's just always been a part of you. Yeah. Uh, I think that was why parenting it sometimes was difficult because <laughs> you you had a way and it didn't always, you know, as the mom, you want to control everything. And it that was one of my greatest lessons in life was that I couldn't control a lot of you. <laughs> and I mean I don't mean it in like no, you know, I know. The I crazy do things my own yeah. way. Yeah. And, and your perspective, like, uh, you know, when you were little, like in your mind, like you're saying, you know, you are an action person. So in her mind, the first time you would do something, like I can remember vividly when, you know, your brother learned to ice skate and he cried so hard because he's like, I can't. And he was on the ground and he was pushing a chair and he would cry because it's frustrating at first, but you had skates on and you were like, don't touch me. I don't want the chair. Don't touch me. And you were on the ground and you say, don't touch me. I'm skating. Let me pick you back up. No, no, I'm skating. I'm doing it. Like it's your perspective, right? It's yeah. always just in, yeah, you saw yourself doing it and you were like, this is what it is. Like it might not look exactly like the end result where Ellis saw the perfection and like, oh my God, it's not perfect. You were like, hey, this is me doing it. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> so I had to learn how to parent differently because I couldn't control things, you know, like things like that. I mean, there were certain things I needed to control, like your curfew and, you know, <laughs> the normal mom things. But but yeah, you um, again. <laughs> Nine thirty. <laughs> oh gosh, that's all right. That works in our life because we're definitely in bed by nine thirty. It didn't change anything. I know, so crazy, but it's true. Like we just fit a lot in in the day, and then we're just ready, and we're done. We're done. Yeah. Um, so I guess moving forward, you know, we're, we're still not out of this. We have, we have a few months to go. We know more, obviously we're, we're more aware as a, as a country, as, as a global, you know, uh, community facing this, we, we all know more, but we also know that we're not quite done with this. So how are you just staying focused and positive and, um, on track to, to just move forward? Yeah, I think um, just setting realistic goals because <laughs> I am so goal oriented and, you know, setting a goal for whatever phase we're in and as annoying as it is, sometimes you just kind of have to adapt to your surroundings and keep, I mean, that's what the whole year was. It's been, okay, this is my goal. And then something happens and then it's like, okay, now I need to find a new goal and then something happens. But I think I've gotten pretty good at it. I mean, even now with my job, I'm like, okay, I've dropped off notes, you know, I'm going to say eight places a day doing that for a month. Like I've dropped off notes, but you know, how do you get to the next step? So now I'm trying to figure out, okay, 
how can I do virtual lunches? So like I have a virtual lunch set up and trying to find ways to advance, but within the guidelines. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is good. It's, I mean, it's a good perspective. And then what happens on the day where you're just like frustrated and what do you need to do to get through? Probably call you or Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) That's definitely part of it. You know, I think, yeah, sometimes when that happens, it is just checking in and seeing what I need. Sometimes it just helps to go for a car ride. And sometimes I do just want to listen to music, like something like I can sing and no one's there. Like that also can help me. (laughs) I do tend to lose my voice sometimes on really long car rides, but and just so you know, Savannah and I do have a band yes, that in the car only. We are the Gypsy Sisters, and <laughs> we have our tambourines and our songs in the car. We we we're so, we'll sometimes do it at a happy hour, but normally it's in the car. Yeah, we both <laughs> play the same instrument. I actually brought my tambourine out last night. <laughs> oh my. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but but that is like we we forget the simplicity of just listening to music and getting lost in that or or singing and um you know something that just feels feels good and a yeah. little joyful. For me too, yeah. another thing is just going somewhere that I feel really grateful. So like I love Boston. I'm obsessed with the city. I love that it has a city. I could walk wherever I want, but it also has the beach, but it's also drivable. So, you know, just going to Walk, like go, walking to the beach, which is so close to me and me realizing right there in that moment, like I'm so lucky that I'm able to live here and, you know, be part of this community. That's something that helps. Like I know when I'm really upset, I need to find things that I'm really grateful for and it'll snap mm. me out of it. You know, it's hard, it's work, but it helps. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's very I'm going to say like grounding and anchoring, right? Yeah. So we have this this thing that we can't control and it's an out of body experience and then you go to this place and you're like, "Okay, let me just take a deep breath." Like, yeah, that was bad, but look at this mm-hmm. ocean. Look at where I am and I'm okay. And you know, we need to like re re cement cement ourselves back into our body, right? We tend to like it's like a feeling of like, I can't describe it any other way, like more out of body because we're not normally like that. So then, you know, you need to have something that puts you back in your place. Yeah, definitely. And I I definitely think it was just too not being able to be outside because that's when I would have a bad day where I was just so sad. And like, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, yeah, I want to go to bed at seven. But you know, since it got nice out, I haven't had a bad day since. Yeah. And you have more freedom, right? So yeah, that's you true. have a car and your job takes you on the road where before we were, you know, Monday through Friday, not leaving the house. We were going to Trader yeah. Joe's on the on Saturday morning. But other than that, you know, we were just home. And um, so that's hard. Like those walks were important and being outside was important to, uh, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we don't go back any further. I can handle where we are now. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> Wash agree. your hands, wear a mask. I agree. Um, Yeah. Well, I want to say that it was so great selfishly to have you home for three months and that you were just such a big part of 
me being more focused, right? Having someone, not that I had to care for you at all, but, you know, because dad was so busy and doing his own thing, it was really good for, for us, I think, to have each other to be like, okay, we do this and then we do this and then we, you know, yeah. and, and um, so I loved that you were home. It was very sad when you decided you were going back. <laughs> no, it definitely, I'm so glad I was home too. I mean, the space, having you, having someone too that I could have a bad day around. I think was huge and to be like, no, you can't have a bad day. I'm having a bad day. And if we both have a bad day, it'll be awful. So you can have tomorrow <laughs> and I'm going to have today. Yeah. Well, having somebody you're comfortable with and you're not tiptoeing around, um, I think was great too. Well, it definitely saved me. So yeah. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been lovely to formally chat with you. I know we, you and I do this all the time and we do. I think we do have conversations about this. I know not everybody has conversations around self-care and what they need, but I think you and I do have, have these, you know, moments in our, in our lives all the time about how, what we need, maybe even not as, as formal, but we definitely share this together. Yeah, 100%. Well, thank you for your time. Of course, this was so fun. I love talking. <laughs> <laughs> love you. Love you. Have a good day. I so appreciate each and every one of you tuning in to this episode with myself and my daughter, Savannah. I hope you were inspired by her action-driven goals and focus. She certainly is a unique individual, as I do know. And I really appreciate every single one of you and every second that you have spent listening to one podcast or all of the podcasts in our first season. I've truly enjoyed having these conversations based around self-care, especially during these crazy times with my friends old and the new ones that I had discovered. Things have definitely ebbed and flowed throughout the world with the virus and our situations. We've gone through lockdowns, more lenient practices, and back again. And that, again, varies depending what state you're in, what country you're in, and what's happening around you. We have all suffered and grieved and mourned. We've been scared and anxious, and we've had to tell ourselves and sometimes others that it will be okay. I hope you have found something of value from a guest or two over these past few months, and I hope you realize that you are not alone on this roller coaster. We all have our days and our moments, so please give yourself permission to ride it out. Don't minimize how you're feeling, but don't forget to reach out for support when you've been in that place for too long. I'm now going to give my team a rest and begin to brainstorm on where this podcast will be going for season two. Yes, I will be back. Look for us early in the new year. And as always, I want to thank the incredible team who have really guided me through all of this. I am a newbie to the podcast world and they have been so patient and supportive. David DeRoche, the executive producer, Michael Bachman, the incredible producer. I have just adored working with him and he's been such a kind human. So thank you. Heather Popovics for doing such a wonderful job with the social media. And thank you to Scott Holmes for the theme music. To learn more about our podcasts, please visit qu.edu slash podcast. And you can listen to all of our podcasts on the platform or app of your choice. You can check us out on Twitter or Instagram at QU Podcasts. 
And feel free to send us an email at qupodcasts at qu.edu. So until next season, my friends, be intentional, breathe deep, and learn to be your best friend. Thank you.